You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Well, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Truly our God is awesome, he is powerful, he is great, he is holy, just and righteous. And I can go on all day telling you how great God really is. Listen man, thank you so much for joining us again today. We thank you and we pray that something will be said in this broadcast that will cause you to draw closer to the Lord. This would be a good time for you to call a neighbor or call a friend and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is on the air. So today we want to share with you on the subject, joy is an inside job. Joy is proof that what you have is real. And one thing about joy is that it can't be manufactured and it doesn't come from circumstances. That's what happiness is. Happiness is based on circumstances so joy is that fruit of the spirit that is steadfast in sorrow triumphant in tribulation lasting in losses and in other words joy is eternal so it doesn't matter your circumstances you will have the joy of the lord deep down within you that's why galatians 5 22 and we know that's one of the fruit of the spirit it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace, long-suffering. So today we just want to focus on joy. In Romans 12 verse 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. The other scripture says, I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. That's Second Corinthians 7 and verse 4. So even though you're going to tribulation, you can still be joyful and not just joyful, but exceedingly joyful. And Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. First Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice evermore. So no matter what's going on around us, you know, we have the pandemic going on. But in spite of all these things, we still have the joy of the Lord deep down inside of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it is said that a smile is outward, but joy is inward. A smile lasts for a moment. Joy is eternal, and you heard us talk about that earlier in tonight's lesson. Joy is eternal. Joy is not happiness, for happiness is cosmetic, but joy is part of your innermost being. How is happiness different from joy, that you may ask? Well, happiness comes from outside circumstances. Joy comes from within. Happiness meets surface needs. Joy meets the deepest needs of our lives. Happiness is a thermometer uh, registering conditions. Joy is a thermostat regulating conditions. And that is so true, my friend. So we give God the praise and we give God the glory. Now we are going to see in this study how to have 
fullness of joy. For joy, I said, is an inside job. We said that earlier, that joy is an inside job. Now, happiness always functions best when rooted in joy. If you have joy and then overlay joy with happiness, that's wonderful. But joy, on the other hand, is not dependent upon happiness and may function even better when happiness is taken away. You see, the difference between happiness and joy is that happiness depends upon what happened. That's why we call it happiness. If what happens is good, then you are happy. If what happens is bad, you are unhappy. But if you are putting all your eggs in that one basket of happiness, you'll always be a victim of circumstances because your happiness, your happenstance is forever changing. We live in a generation frantically seeking happiness. Everyone thinks, don't worry, be happy. It's good advice, but it's terrible advice. You're not supposed to be happy all the time, even if you could. People experience great sorrow, and when you experience great sorrow, it can't paste a smile on their face. And they shouldn't try, because happiness often evaporates in times of suffering. But joy frequently intensifies in suffering, and is sometimes intertwined with suffering. The Bible says the Lord Jesus was a man of sorrow, and he was acquainted with with grief that's in isaiah 53 and verse 3 yet it also speaks of the joy of our lord he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows that's hebrews 1 verse 9 so every human life is impacted by tragedy sorrow heartache yet even in this situation we can have joy if we couldn't God would not have said rejoice evermore. I read it earlier. He never tell us to rejoice in circumstances, but to rejoice in him always. We're not rejoicing because of the circumstances, but we're rejoicing in him, knowing that he will take care of whatever circumstances we are going through in this life. Philippians 4, 4, because we can depend on the fact that God never changes. Since he doesn't change, since he doesn't turn on a dime or act on whims, on whims, the Bible says we can rejoice evermore for he is the king eternal. So we know that he never and will ever change. He's a man that cannot lie. He keeps his promises. So you may ask, why is joy important? That's a, that's a very important question. Why is joy so important? Here's it. Joy is important in soul winning. It's proof that what we have is real and it satisfies. And listen, man, the Bible tells us about he that winneth souls is wise. So joy is important in soul winning where we go out on the highways and on the byways and we, we share our faith with others. We share Christ with them and let them know that salvation is truly of the Lord and they give their lives to Christ. That brings joy to our hearts. 
Nothing is more winsome and attractive in people than the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. Cold, dry faith has no appeal. When King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, committed a terrible sin and fell out of fellowship with God, he lost his joy. He stopped being a soul winner. Then when he came to himself, watch this, David prayed and said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then he said, Will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. See, that is very important. In Psalms 51, if you read verses 12 and 13, when David made that prayer and that confession, and he asked God to restore to him the joy of God's salvation and asked God to uphold him by his generous spirit. And David says, that's the only time I will be able to teach transgressors their ways. And that's the time sinners will be converted unto the Lord. And I'm wondering, maybe a lot of us need to call upon God in true repentance. So this lost and dying world could really come back to God in a real and true way. Glory to his name. We need to go back to the Lord. Glory to God. The other thing we notice is that joy is necessary in living the Christian life. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. You can find that in Psalms 100 and verse 2. Because joy lubricates life and it lifts the burden. Joy takes the pain, dreariness out of work. And joy has often energized my physical frame because... That's why Nehemiah 8 and verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And there are four ingredients of joy. Amen. There are four ingredients of joy. We will see how far we can get uh, tonight. Now, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says, There are four qualities that bring joy to life and make it worth living. Therefore, Having been justified by faith, watch this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and do what? And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Glory to God so that we are justified. We are declared right by faith. In God we have, and then when we are declared right by faith in God, instantly, immediately, we have peace with God. And we have the peace of God which passes all understanding through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of our God. Let's look at this one. Cleansing. Cleansing brings joy to be clean and pure before God knowing there's no sin between you and the Lord brings indescribably joy so to be clean and pure before God knowing there's no sin between you and the Lord brings 
indescribable joy. For joy comes from having peace with God. And I, I mentioned that just a few minutes ago. We're having peace with God in Romans 5, 1 and 2. It describes a cause-by-effect relationship between a clean heart and having the joy of the Lord. Now, Jesus Christ provides us access to grace. Grace brings faith. Faith brings justification. It is as though we had never sinned. Justification brings peace with God, and peace with God brings joy. That is wonderful, and I probably should repeat that so you can get it. I said, Jesus Christ provides us access to grace. Grace brings faith. Faith brings justification. It is as though we had never sinned. Justification brings peace with God. Peace with God brings joy. What a wonderful thing to know that we have peace with God. So, when the disciples came back from ministering, all excited because they were able to cast out demons, Jesus responded, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that is something for us to rejoice about, knowing that our names are written down in glory. There's a song which says, there is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, never more to roam. Glory to God, my name is written there in the Lamb's book of life. Now, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, he said, Oh, friend, better than having demons striving before is that you've been justified. God imputes to every believer the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins are cleansed. Your name is written in heaven. I was just telling you about that hymn. On God's side of the ledger. Now that is justification. And that brings great joy. Because I am justified. I am declared right before God. And I have a reason to be joyful. To be happy. That's why the scripture tells us we must rejoice evermore. Amen. So we know they say that sin steals joy. When you allow sin to creep back into your life after you've been saved, that will destroy your joy. Just as David confessed in Psalms 51, and that was read earlier, David lost his joy. So God knows what's in your heart and my heart. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He hears every idle word, and we will give account to him for that. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's found in Matthew 12 and verse 26. It says, who can know it? God does. Everything we do, God knows about it. Remember what Romans 5 wanted to say? I think it was just read a while ago, talking about justification brings about cleansing. So we have confidence that no matter what happens, all things are worked together by God for his glory and our good because we are his. If you have trusted him as your savior, he is your Lord and you are a child of God. 
we commit to making Jesus our Lord, saying, I am totally yours. Then we rejoice in the Lord, in God himself. We don't produce this joy. We, don't, we cannot manufacture joy. It is produced by the Spirit, and just as a tree bears fruit, we bear this joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit. When we receive salvation through Jesus Christ, all things become new. That's why he says, Therefore, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You are given a new heart. If you want to know what's done in your heart when you're not walking in the Spirit, it will be revealed more by your reactions than your actions. How do you react when someone heads you off on the freeway or steal a parking space or someone insults you? How do you respond when someone makes a smart remark or comment to you? Someone said, what's done in the well comes up in the bucket. And that's true. Think back to a time when someone tripped your wire and you lashed out in a way that grieved the Holy Spirit. How could you have handled it differently? What could you have said to defuse the situation? When someone treats you badly, does it take your joy? No. It might take their joy, but shouldn't take yours. In fact, it might increase your joy. For the Bible says, when men persecute you, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Only one thing can take your joy. Not what your children do. Not what your spouse does, not what circumstances do, but one kind of sin, yours. When you and I sin, that's what take away our joy. You receive joy when you were saved. You may need to have it restored if you allow sin to come back into your heart. The most miserable person on earth is not an unsafe person, but a saved one out of fellowship with God. That's serious. So if you do not want anything to steal your joy, remember, if you keep on sinning, that's the only thing that will steal your joy. Amen. So my wife was just talking about sin steals joy. But do you know that joy gives confidence? We rejoice in hope. Romans 12, 12. Hope is not maybe so, or I hope, it's going to happen, but secure rock-ribbed confidence based on the word of God, knowing that no matter what happens, all things are worked together by God for his glory and therefore our good. Romans 8.28 We have this confidence because we rejoice in hope. For the child of God, no situation is hopeless. No matter what happens to me, name the worst thing you can even think of. I know based on Romans 8.28 that God is working it together for my good glory to his wonderful name. And that man, listen, that gives you confidence. That gives you happiness knowing that God is working out everything together just for you because you are a child of the king. What if I'm told I'm going to die in five minutes? I'm going to heaven. I'll be made like the Lord Jesus Christ. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly 
joyful in all our tribulation. Second Corinthians 7 and verse 4. Joy that is a fruit of the Spirit is steadfast in sorrow. And, and I think my wife read that, talk about that earlier on in the lesson. It is steadfast in sorrow, triumphant in tribulation, lasting in losses. What if you came home today and found your house had burned to the ground and everything was soldering? Would you still have joy? If your joy comes from your possessions, then no. But if it comes from the Lord, you'll still have joy. The devil doesn't have a key that can get inside that treasury because joy comes from within. The joy of the Lord we talked about earlier is our strength. And when we allow God to work through us, man, listen, nothing can change that joy that we have in us. Amen. Praise God. Another ingredient to joy is commitment through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1, that's how we are committed through our Lord Jesus Christ. With cleansing and confidence, commitment must follow. Paul had made Jesus his Lord. We know the story about Paul. He was Saul before he became Paul. He persecuted the children, but when he became a Christian, he was all sold out for Jesus. So Paul could rejoice. You won't have cleansing or confidence unless you are committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can be committed when you accept him. You have him as Lord and Savior of your life. Commitment is a secret to cleansing and staying clean. We're not talking about taking a shower now. We're talking about staying clean in the word of God. How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to, according to the word or the precepts of God. Someone has well said, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. So remember, he must be Lord of all. Let's continue because we can uh, include communion right here. Joy won't be found in circumstances, but in a person. When you commune with the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the vine. You are the branch. And His joy comes into you. Not an imitation of His joy, but His joy. You rejoice in the Lord and through the Lord because joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Philippians 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord when always delight, take pleasure in Him. Again, I say, rejoice. John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. In John 17 and verse 13, but now I am coming to you and I say these things while I am still in the world. They may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. Glory to God. Praise God. 
So what have these verses tell you about joy, the second fruit of the spirit? He said, no matter what you have, if you don't have joy, life is meaningless for you. So joy is very important. Rejoice evermore is a command, not a suggestion. That means you can choose not to do it. No one is going to force you. It's not automatic. It's a choice. And that choice begins with choosing Jesus and knowing Jesus. So if you want joy, it's something that you must decide for yourself. It's not something someone can force upon you. You must want that joy. No Jesus, no joy. But if you know Jesus, you will know joy. Is the joy of the Lord present in your life in spite of circumstances? What is the source of your joy? What choices do you need to make today? You are the only person that can answer those questions. Do you need joy? The only way you can have joy is in Jesus. If you have trusted him as your Lord and as your Savior, then you have joy. But if you allow sin to take over your life, then sin will steal you of that joy. So remember, joy is a choice. Make the right decision today. Amen. There's a song we used to sing long time ago. It says, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, then let Jesus come into your heart. You know, my friends, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you want joy in your life, you must have Jesus in order to have that joy. Would you trust him today? It's a choice, my wife just says, that you have to make. Joy is a choice, and you can make that choice today to be joyful, to serve the Lord, to trust in him as Savior and Lord of your life. Eternal God, we want to thank you, and we want to praise you for your words. Your words are true, and we know that they will never return unto you void, but that it will accomplish for the purpose in which you have sent it to speak to the hearts of those who do not know you tonight, bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ for whom to know is life eternal. Have your divine way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And if you are motivated by today's study, we encourage you to reach out to us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Once again, that's newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. So until then, let your heart go on singing. Until then, oh my friends, with joy you must carry on. Bye now. And God bless you is our prayer for you.